0: Hi, I'm Mayor Steve Adler. Welcome to another episode of Walk With Me, Austin, a podcast where each week we're going to talk about what's going on in Austin, about the issues that really matter. We want to hear from you and answer your questions. So submit your questions by emailing us at steve.adler at austintexas.gov or social media at Mayor Adler. So today, we have Josh Jones-Dilworth. He's going to lead our discussion. Along with uh, Lucia Athens, she is the Chief Sustainability Officer for the city and International Authority on Sustainability, Green Policies, and Buildings. Real lucky to have Josh back with us. Hello. Good to have you, Lucia. Good to have you with us.
1: Good to be here.
0: Thank you. Hey, tell the listeners a little bit about what it is that a Chief Sustainability Officer does and a little bit about your background.
1: I've been here at the city for, in my job as chief sustainability officer for just a little over 10 years now, it's gone by in a flash. I moved here from Seattle, another very green city where I was leading their green building efforts. I'm actually from San Antonio, got my master's degree at UT Austin. So it was a great chance to move back to Austin that I love so much. And since I've arrived in the role, our office does a lot of leadership around taking local action on climate change and healthy food access, and also greening schools and businesses in the city.
0: You know, you also do even more than that. You help get me ready. You know, as the mayor of Austin, I'm not infrequently on the on the national and international stage representing a city that's really leaning into climate change mitigation. You know, I was at the, the signing of the mayor's Paris Accord with what, 600 other mayors from around the world, the, the C4 international meetings in Europe and Central South America. This week, I'm representing North America as one of six mayors from around the world convening and helping to lead the the Global Youth and Mayor Forum. And Lucia, you mentor and advise me through all this work. Your impact and, and your voice, both directly and indirectly, really heard around the world. Thanks for being with us.
1: To be here and you've been an amazing leader in this space mayor i really want to thank you because it's been incredible to work with you so closely and to have you be such a leader on these climate issues for the city and with other mayors around the world thanks again
2: and welcome again lucia to the pod we have a lot to discuss today i'm coming to you from uh, marfa texas one of my favorite places on earth and the tail end of a year-long pandemic road trip that my family has been taking all together, and our girls have ever seen every which corner, north, south, east, and west. And so, hello, and it's great to see your faces, and thanks the, to those of you tuning in. Okay, so look, last week was the 51st ever birthday, and it's a day recognized around the world to acknowledge our role in climate change, to clean up litter in our communities, to conserve water, and look at ourselves and what we can do as individuals to be better st- stewards of our environment. And so a good question, I think, just to kick us off is like, I'm an ordinary citizen. Why do I really care about Earth Day? It's one day. It's a nice expression of intent. Does it really matter?
1: Well, for someone lucky enough to be in my line of work uh, of sustainability, I think of every day as Earth Day. it's really useful to have one day of the year where I know that every human is talking about how we can be better stewards of this, you know, amazing planet that we all live on. And every person has a part to play. There's something each person can do, you know, no action is too small to make a difference. And I think one of the things that's really important to realize is that by taking care of the earth, we're taking care of ourselves. You know, the the health of the planet is really closely linked with the health of people. So you you really can't separate them. And even for somebody like me that, you know, I wake up every day thinking about sustainability. Earth Day this year was a chance for me to make a new commitment and think about, you know, what am I not doing in my life? And so my husband bought the biggest bag of black beans I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) A whole new bean pot. It's ceramic. It's a Mexican bean pot. So I'm going to learn how to cook my beans instead of just opening up a can and eating more plants. So, you know, even people who have really green lifestyles can always add something else. And somebody who maybe hasn't even thought about this stuff, there's easy ways to get started.
0: There are so many things that are happening in, in everybody's lives. You know, it, we kind of get in routines. We kind of do our deal. We get up, we go where we need to go to. You know, eventually we end back end up back at home it's really important to have one day when when you actually focus on something that that you should be thinking about all year but you just don't have the Really, the opportunities to really focus on Earth Day is that. I mean, we are in the middle of a global climate emergency. And things around us that are green and clean and renew our spirit are, are not just things that, that we can take for for granted. So it's, it's, for me, it's a day to kind of like reaffirm goals. It's a day to really take stock of the fact that, you know, time is running out. For us to really do what it takes to preserve the the natural environment around us and Earth, it's a day to, to be with our families focused on this, recognizing that this is kind of a commitment that we need to be making for future generations and the future generations need to be involved. And given the pandemic that we just went through, I think that Earth Day this year is that much more significant because it really does touch on the social injustices and inequities that we see both in our city and in our our state and country, but around the world. Because this issue of our Earth is not one that is coming to everybody in the same way. So it just... I don't know. It just is a day to focus on something that is so incredibly important and to celebrate something that that just really, I was going to say adds to our lives, but it kind of is our lives. It's just a, a day to celebrate what's important. To build
2: on that, I think it's, yes, it's a moral issue. It's a It's an equity issue. And it's a business issue, too. And sustainability has always been a calling card of Austin for as long as I can remember, we've always led on these issues and I think it's really important that we continue. In fact, to that point, Mayor, you're part of the C40 Cities Climate Change Leadership Group, which is charged to applying at the local level the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement. What role is Austin playing? What are we doing? What is that work? And tell us a little bit more about it.
0: You know, you're right. I mean, this has been kind of uh, core to our culture and who we are as a city for a long time. And so many have worked on it. Austin does have a place internationally on this issue because our city and our community have led in, 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 in so many different ways. C40 is that group of just under 100 cities now. I think it probably started with 40 cities that, that are just really focused on this. That, that have formed together to make sure that we push each other, that we set best practices. You know, everybody knows about the the Paris Accord that was signed internationally. Thank goodness the president just took us back into those that Paris Accord. And, and everybody watched while those just under a couple hundred countries got together to participate in that back then, but not a lot of people know that at the same time in Paris was the largest collection of international mayors in one place in the history of the world. Almost 700 mayors joining together signed a a mayor's compact on climate change pledging on behalf of their communities to to really push the uh, Paris Accord initiatives because, you know, about half of the things that the Paris Accord initiatives call for are things that that only happen at the local level. It's uh, the cities and the counties with the buying decisions, the generation decisions, the development decisions, all the decisions that they make. C40 grew out of that. It was a way to keep kind of the cities moving forward and together. It meets internationally, it establishes best practices, it really pushes cities. So Austin is one of about 30 cities in the world right now that has actually uh, peaked in its emissions. And we should be really proud of that, that we're one of the cities we should be scared by the fact that there are so few in that category. But these are the core cities of the C40, and Austin does have a leadership role in this, in this work. In fact, this week, the Global Youth and Mayors Forum is taking off, and it is really focused on the younger generation, focusing on the emergency, getting the youth involved in the commitment to keep the, the global heating below 1.5 degrees Celsius, putting in a really inclusive, equitable structure for this work, And Austin, I represent North American cities, gathering with a half dozen other mayors from across the world to convene this youth effort. It's that kind of activity that that is intended to inspire and try to bring along the rest of the world.
2: Lucia, what's going on in Austin that our listeners need to hear about? What are we doing and what do you wish people understood maybe a little bit better about our work in sustainability?
1: It's been my honor as well to join C40's Austin delegation. And, you know, I've been able to attend summits in person in Sao Paulo, in Johannesburg, and most recently in Copenhagen. And, you know, hearing directly from other cities about their experiences, their successes, their lessons learned has been invaluable. You know, we have a chance to sit around the table with people from cities like Barcelona and hear about their urban planning initiatives from Melbourne, Australia, how they're addressing, you know, managing their urban forests. So it's really been inspirational as well as a, a learning opportunity. And the other thing that I think is exciting now is that we're seeing our own president leading our own country, which has not been something we've had for a while. And mayors like our mayor Adler, you know, have been providing a lot of city leadership without that federal level leadership. And now Mayor Eric Garcetti from Los Angeles is the chair of the global C40. But I wanted to share something with you, Mayor Adler. There was a tweet that came out yesterday from President Biden after he made the announcement about his goal for the U.S. carbon footprint to be, be reduced by half by 2030. And he's pairing that incidentally, as I'm sure you know, with an ambitious green jobs initiative and an infrastructure initiative. But Mayor Adler, I just wanted you to hear it because... It's one thing to just read a tweet and I think it's a little different actually to hear somebody say it out loud. So I'm just going to channel President Biden for a second and read his tweet to you. To all the states, cities, tribal nations, businesses and organizations that have stepped up the past four years to lead on tackling climate change, thank you. Today we announced a new national target and from here on out, you'll have a partner in me and my administration.
0: It is inspiring stuff, and it has been in some respects a lonely four years when the national government has stepped back from this, and it really has been you know, the cities and, and the local localities that have stepped forward it have pushed this city in your role, but it is our community, as Josh was saying earlier. This is who we are. This is core value for this city. Always has been one of the reasons why when I passed through, I stayed. It's important to us.
2: This is who we are, and this is who we have to continue to be. Lucia, as the Chief Sustainability Officer of Austin, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the policies that you're working on, some of the programs that are in place, maybe initiatives that our listeners might not know about.
1: The mayor mentioned a few minutes ago about our emissions, our carbon emissions peaking back in 2011, and they've actually been dropping, they've dropped 13% since then. And a lot of that is due to Austin Energy's investments with mayor and council leadership on uh, investments in renewable energy. But as the carbon footprint of our buildings is coming down, actually the carbon footprint of transportation is going up with the growth of our city. So one of the things that I'm sure most of the listeners know about, and the mayor was a, a wonderful leader in this regard is Project Connect. So the fact that we're actually getting started on building out you know a rail system that's going to bring 27 new miles of, of rail and 31 new stations, pretty amazing stuff. and I think that you know so many young people voted in the election that actually approved the funding for that. I think a lot of young people don't want to own cars, so they're interested in having all those different kinds of alternatives. Another couple of things I wanted to mention, Really excited that Austin resource recovery has now rolled out curbside composting to every home in the city so everybody has an opportunity to easily participate in the compost service that's being provided by them.
2: And then every time my friends come to visit and they see me putting compost out of the curb they just freak out with jealousy.
1: it's a pretty cool thing to have. I mean, you can compost in your yard and, you know, use that in your your garden, but to be able to just put it out by the curb is an amazing service to have. Very proud of our city for providing that. And then a couple of other things I wanted to mention, you know, Austin Energy's goal is to be 100% carbon neutral by 2035, which is incredible. And we once again, as a part of our identity as a city, you know we are very lucky to own our own electric utility. Austin Energy is such a huge leader in this space. And they also have aggressive goals for local solar through private rooftop solar, as well as their community solar program. They're working towards delivering 375 megawatts of local solar. And one of the projects I was involved in that's helping to meet that goal is our downtown central library that has an incredible rooftop solar array and a green roof up there. If you haven't seen it, the library is gonna be reopening soon. So folks will have a chance to go down there and see that LEED Platinum rated project, which is really an incredible building.
2: What what I'm so proud of is that we've gone on the hook with numbers, like using solar and wind to provide 55% of the total energy generation mix by 2025, achieving a 20% reduction in single passenger commuting, um, maximizing recycling, and composting to keep 90% of materials out of landfills by 2040. Those are very specific goals that we can be held accountable to. That's what I think is exciting.
0: You also mentioned a program that I want you to touch base on a little bit more, Lachia, and that is the Community Solar Project. Because it's over in East Austin, and it's one of the ways that, that we're making sure that the entire city gets to participate in this forward movement stuff. Can you talk about that for just a second?
1: Sure. Yes. Community solar is a really creative idea. You know, not every person has a roof where they can put solar on the roof. They might live in an apartment building. They might have a lot of, you know, trees shading their roof. So they just don't have the right setup. So you can still contribute to the city's solar goals by signing on to the community solar program and community solar can be cited in a lot of different sites around the city and Austin Energy is always looking at new places to add on their capacity for community solar that can help us meet our renewable targets for the electricity that's being delivered to everybody across the city.
2: If I'm interested in community solar, how do I get involved? What are my next steps?
1: An energy website and look up the renewable section There'll be a lot more information in there for how you can sign up. And also, you can also sign up for the Green Choice Program, which is another renewable subscription program that Austin Energy offers.
2: Lucia and Mayor Adler, I wanna build on the conversation we were just having. We got a few listeners submitted questions along the same line. And so I think it's important to recognize and address. Austin is the fastest growing city in America right now. And with that expansion comes development, which with comes more cars, pollution, more carbon emissions, It's getting worse. It's getting harder. It's getting more difficult. We're fighting secular trends in terms of sustainability that are making things, you know, a little bit more challenging. What is Austin doing to actively combat pollution while we continue to develop at an accelerating rate?
0: Boy, there are a lot of things that we're doing, you know, on lots of different levels. Lucia mentioned in earlier Project Connect, you know, 72% of the people That are commuting to our downtown are are doing it in their cars, most of them alone. And we've got to change that. But there are no real good alternatives for people. But we need people to get out of their cars. So, in the middle of the pandemic, I think when nobody thought that it could actually happen, and when cities around the country were pulling down these initiatives as not being the right time, we actually took to the voters in November a, a billions of dollar investment in creating a mass public transit system for our city. We have the goal to to get to a 50-50 car, non-car split by 2038. And this is going to be a critical component of us being able to achieve that. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited at all the, the electric vehicle charging stations that are now cropping up all over our city and how that's being built into the building codes that we have in the city to make sure that there are no barriers to, to someone who does want to drive. Having the ability to be able to do it in electric vehicles, turning over fleets to, to electric. The, the Project Connect is a, is an electric vehicle system and, and program because transportation and that impact on our carbon. Footprint is so large. We're continuing to work on our power generation and just increasing the uh, percentage of the portfolio that is that is uh, wind and 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 solar. You know, you talked at the very beginning of this that this is a you know kind of a business uh, requirement as well, Josh. And I just want to touch base on that real fast. In two ways, this kind of sustainability is important to this city economically. The first is that when the city initially started investing in, in renewable energy, it was really expensive. But somebody needed to be investing in those systems in order for them to get refined the technologies so that the cost would come down. And now we find that when we go out to to get a, a contract or to provide for additional generation, the least expensive choice for us is to move forward with renewable energy sources. So we've actually been able to participate in creating a market that makes economic sense at the first analysis and, and on its face. Uh, and then the second thing is that we're a lucky city. We're, we're one of the fastest growing. And there are a lot of companies that are wanting to come here. And the peop- reason that those companies want to come here is the people that they want to have work for them want to live in this city. And again, it's the values and the culture. You know, our sustainability goals in this city flourish not despite our drive to stronger and better and, and more just economies, but are an integral part of delivering it.
2: I just love that point. And you know, that's on my favorite rant list. Like mobility is a business issue. Sustainability is a business issue. Equity and justice are a business issue. And I think the business community has really gotten the memo over the last two years that each of these matters to their business, their ability to recruit, to their ability to sell, their ability to flourish right here in Austin. So thank you. Lucia, I know you got to leave pretty soon and thank you so much for joining us. Any final comments in terms of what Austin needs to do as a priority as we continue to grow?
1: You know, I wanted to mention a building on I'm going go about electric vehicles. If you're thinking about getting a new car, or replacing a car, please consider going electric. And Austin Energy has this fantastic electric vehicle buyer's guide that you can easily find by going to the Austin Energy site. It helps you learn all about the incentives that are available, as well as what vehicles actually are available here locally, as well as use electric vehicles. So that's a really good one. The last two things I just wanted to say that I think, you know, kind of in honor of the Earth Day anniversary, if we could get more people to eat more plants, eat local. So shop at the farmer's market, sign up for a CSA, community-supported agriculture, or grow some food at home. Those things are not only really good for your health and the local farming economy, but they're also great for lowering your carbon footprint. And then the last thing is, I think this pandemic time that we've been going through has really helped us look at all the stuff we own in a different way and think about what's important to us. And I think people have gotten a lot better at sharing resources, at swapping things, giving away things they don't need. So if you're gonna buy something, if you need to buy something, buy quality if you can afford it. Try to get something that's going to last for a long time. Maybe you can just borrow that thing from your neighbor and you don't really need it. Or if you're trying to replace something that's broken, maybe you can figure out how to fix it. And there are these really cool fix-it clinics that are put on by Austin Resource Recovery just to help people learn how to fix the things they have. So, you know, it's just all part of a mentality about how we think about the way we live our lives and the quality of life. And for me, Living a more sustainable lifestyle—it's really just more fun. So, I think we can have more fun while we're lowering our carbon footprint.
2: I love it, and thank you. And yes, those fix-it groups, those buy nothing groups—they're getting big, and they're, you know, really making a difference. And I'm part of a bunch of them, and it's super fun to be with your neighbors in that way to share. You know, maybe not eggs, but you know, a router, a saw, who knows what.
0: Hey, Lucia. The city of Austin has such an incredibly strong staff. In, in, in you, you're the sustainability office, Austin Energy, uh, Austin Resource Recovery, I am such a fan. Thank you to you all.
1: Thanks so much. It was fun being with
0: you guys. We really appreciate you. Hey, Josh, how can you tell the ocean is friendly? It waves. <laughs> hey, Josh. <laughs> oh, boy. Go ahead. Hey, why is the grass so dangerous? I've heard this one because it's full of blades. Well, then, if you knew that one, then, hey, Josh, why (laughs) did the sun go to school? I do not know. To get brighter. (laughs) Okay, give me two more. Okay, what did the little tree say to the big tree? I do
2: not know, Dad, Lard.
0: Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I got
2: one for you that I brought in honor of Earth Day. What's the difference between weather and climate? You can't weather a tree, but you can climb it.
0: Ah, that was worthy. That was daddler worthy. (laughs) Trying to make my father proud.
2: Okay, so I want to go through a couple other community submitted questions. The one that's really top of mind for me is there were were a couple submitted around, are there any recommendations for civic or nonprofit organizations locally focused on climate change and sustainability that I can volunteer with, that I can give to? If you want to make a big impact locally, there's a lot of folks who have just moved to town and are trying to orient themselves and see where they can plug in and how they can make a difference. Who would be on your short list and how would you direct folks?
0: Gosh, you know, this is such a wonderful city for people that want to volunteer in this particular area, you know, and there are so many. Trail Foundation comes to, to mind with the trail that runs through downtown that so many people use. A really strong local chapter of the Sierra Club here in town. Clean Water Action, Texas, just real important on the legislative and, and policy kinds of things. There are also conservancies at the Botanical Gardens and, and Barton Springs. There, there are... Hundreds of those kinds of volunteer options in this city.
2: Love it. Final listener submitted question what is the number one highest leverage thing we can do to positively impact sustainability in Austin? Of course, it's a portfolio approach. Of course, there's lots of things we all need to do collectively and individuals. But what's the biggest one? What's the number one? What's the moonshot? What's the highest leverage thing we can be focused on over the next couple of years to make a big difference? That How do we be good ancestors to future generations of Austin?
0: I know there are probably two answers to that, whether you're talking about an individual or you're talking about all of us together. Collectively, from a city or municipal standpoint, uh, our two biggest challenges right now are are power generation. The next one is transportation, so that people just aren't driving in their cars. They're using mass transportation. They're they're biking. They're using the trails. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the city, in addition to Project Connect, just passed a a half-a-billion-dollar bond to build out the trail system in the city. You know, it was remarkable going to the northern European countries together with our now Secretary of Transportation, then uh, Mayor Buttigieg and, and the then Secretary of Transportation and, and a lot of other mayors to see what was happening in, in, in Norway and, and Amsterdam and Denmark, cities where so many people are commuting and using the, the, the bicycle paths in part because they're protected and they're safe. So their whole families feel comfortable using them and knowing, especially in looking at the pictures, to see what those countries looked like in the 70s when they were auto-centric, too. And their pictures from back then looked just like Austin does today. So transportation, that's what we need to be doing as a city. Individually, it's so important that everybody recognize that individual and small actions add up to be what it is that the world needs. So, I mean, turning out the lights when you leave a room is huge, in part because what it says to you, if you do that, then you're going to be doing a lot of other things right. If people see you do that, they're going to start doing things. And right now in our country, where everything seems to be a political debate, if we could just get to the place where people recognize that that climate change mitigation is not partisan, it is supported by the science and, and the data— If we just had people make individual choices and decisions and encourage others to that are consistent with saving the world, that would have a huge impact. We are fighting at this point for the soul of our city and our country and and our world to really focus on this issue.
2: You maybe have a little bit of a relationship with our friend, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Have you been on the phone with him recently? What's coming down the pike? What are his priorities and how does that relate to Austin?
0: Well, I was fortunate to be talking to him just a couple hours ago. And he spoke to me and he spoke to to, to a few other mayors as well. Uh, I think what they're focused on right now is that infrastructure package that's uh, coming out of Washington. This is such an incredibly unique period of time. I'm not sure there has ever been such bipartisan and popular support for making a key generational and transformative investment in infrastructure in this country. All different kinds of infrastructure, roads and bridges, but also broadband and, and, and rail. So much of the infrastructure that enables our city to be able to survive child care as, a, as an infrastructure element is critical. Real popular, but obviously a, a huge lift at the levels that they're talking about. And he's working on that now, I think, pretty much nonstop. Speaking of
2: infrastructure and transportation, in particular in Austin, I was just giddy this week to see that Cat Metro started taking soil samples for the forthcoming light rail lines that our community funded last November. For those of you listening, the soil samples are a small piece of the puzzle, but they're like... The signal that things are beginning because that track has got to lay on top of ground and it's got to be safe and it's got to be secure for the long haul, whether you're going above ground or underground. And so doing the diligence around that is a it's a big step. And, you know, for if you're a transportation nerd, it's really cool science, too.
0: And it's coming. I mean, that was a manifestation. We could all look out our windows and see there was a boat. A little ship on Town Lake that was taking core samples as we create new bridges across the the, the river in order to get the, the rail lines north and south. It's exciting to see it's going to be a ways away, but so much work to be do, doing between now and then.
2: I, I'm so excited to watch along. it's going to be fascinating, and I'm so glad we're making that investment. OK, hey, the time has gone fast as it always does, so thank you. I'm going to close with an awesome segment that I think is the right way to leave people every week. Tell us something that's good this week. Is there some good news? I'd love to hear it. Uh,
0: (laughs) You know, it is always a good week when the community is engaged in voting, and that's what's happening this week. Early vote is Monday, Tuesday of this week. The May 1st election is is on Saturday, and this is, you know, just a time when It is such a celebration of democracy for people to be able to make decisions uh, about their communities. Proposition B is among the propositions that will be considered. I'm urging people to vote no on Proposition B because there's a better way to be able to close down the encampments and get people uh, out of tents and into homes, which is the priority. But there are so many other propositions that are up. I urge everybody to do that. Polls are open until 7 p.m. on Monday and Tuesday and then again on Saturday, which is actually the election day. I was going to say that this is an important week up at the legislature, but you were asking for good news. So I'll uh... (laughs) – So I, so, I, so, I, so I won't go there at all. It's been a challenging year, Josh, and events are, are beginning to return to the city. The new soccer stadium announced this week that it's going to be host to the North American Cup, uh, which is just real exciting, one of 11 venues in North America. That was an exciting announcement. We're not over the hump yet. People still need to be careful. Still, People still need to to get their vaccines. We are not anywhere near at the level that we need to be to get to, to herd immunity. I'm a little concerned our numbers have leveled off. But just having more and more light at the end of the tunnel is good news given the year that we have.
2: Excellent. And I agree. One day we can do an alternate version of the pod where we just complain for an hour and get it out of our system. <laughs> thanks again for an excellent conversation. And thanks again to everyone listening.
0: And thank you, Josh, for doing this. You're a good friend. And I've enjoyed the discussion. Hey, everybody listening, I hope you have too. We want to hear from you. Submit your questions for next week to steve.adler at austintexas.gov or on Twitter at at Mayor Adler. Follow Walk With Me Austin wherever you listen to podcasts. We are all in this together. See you next week.